I very much fit into that kind of standard mold of the overthinker. And <laughs> I can't write as fast as I can think. So the journal slows me down. And when I can slow it down, then I can organize it, then I can have a better understanding. And then a lot of times that's when I can ask myself different questions. Mm. Um, it, I can ask myself the questions from a place of empowerment rather than a place of a victimhood mindset. Ooh-wee. And getting away from the like the the victimhood part, you know, where if it's if my brain's rattling and I'm going, you know, having that that woe is me reaction, that, uh, that narcissistic reaction, that taking things personal reaction. And I'm wanting somebody else to make it better. When I journal and I start slowing things down, then I can start asking myself, how am I participating in this right now? Hmm. How much of my own suffering am I participating in right now? Where am I denying my responsibility in this event? And when I bring it back to me, that's, that's the place where I can find the accent, find the answer, find the action item, find the next step, whatever it is that I need to do to show up and create a better experience for, for myself and whoever else might be involved. But if I don't go in that place, if I don't journal, I'll, I'll stay in that vortex in that spiral. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you joined us. Today's guest is Ross Lepola. Uh, Ross is a coach, a guide, a speaker. And today's conversation, we're going to talk about some topics that are really exciting for me because um, have you ever been an overthinker? <laughs> have you ever found yourself like letting yourself fall into a spiral or some kind of vortex of thoughts that kind of run around in your head? I am kind of good at that. Uh, I'm working on not being as good at that. Ross talks about how journaling has really helped him to find a way of navigating between the um, empowerment side of himself and the victimhood side of himself. The idea of that journaling lets him focus and process. And I don't know if you're a journaler out there or if you journal. Um, I, I have a journal that I used to keep when I was a freshman in college, 17 years old. And I go back and read some of those thoughts and I'm like, oh my goodness, I was such a baby. <laughs> like literally, I was so young. I was so naive. I was so like, my my thought process and the things that I was worrying about in the world were so small. Man, but it was a part of the journey to get me to today as I look back, caring about people, wondering about how people were doing, wondering why my friendships from high school were no longer strong anymore and realizing that I was growing away. I, like I was not changing. I'm not different, but I, but actually, yeah, I am different. I am, my, my, my thinking has been elevated. I remember my first time going back to Oakland during Thanksgiving break, uh, my freshman year of college. I think the first time I heard a siren, I was almost like took by surprise because I didn't hear sirens in San Luis Obispo. I mean, out the, outside the back of my window in the dorms at Sierra Madre Hall, you know what I heard? I heard cows cows like the first time i heard cows i was actually shocked i opened the window I'm like what the heck am i hearing they were literally cows on the hill out in the back of my 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 dorm i had to call my mom and tell her like i had to have, have her hear the cows singing through the window and i get home and like i realize oh man there's a helicopter there's a siren i had almost gotten desensitized to that being a norm and i don't know the things that have you found it being norm for you Maybe overthinking is a norm. Like you're used to having your mind spinning in circles. Today's conversation, you know, Ross is going to mention his journey of of life. And just so you know, for those um, who are listening, you know, there is a mention of suicide. Um, no details are are given here, but um, he talks about the journey becoming a a power lifter, a bodybuilder, becoming a person who thinks differently about his values and what he wants in the world. And I was reminded of of a friend, Jerry Colonna, um, who's the host of the Reboot podcast. And he has a statement in one of his, in his book, Reboot. And it talks about these four questions that you could ask yourself continually. 
I think these are really powerful questions. And so um, since we're going to talk, Ross and I are going to talk about being an overthinker and and journaling. I, I, these are qu- four questions that if you're a journaler, maybe you want to journal about. Or if you find yourself being an overthinker, you may want to like give yourself some direction to think about. Here are the four questions. How have I been complicit in creating the conditions I say I don't want? Second question. What am I not saying that needs to be said? Third question. What am I saying that's not being heard? And the last question. What's being said that I'm not hearing? These are all reflection questions, and I hope that they serve you in some way. But that first question is so important. How am I complicit in creating the conditions that I say I don't want? And I think those opportunities and those ways of us creating new opportunities for connection with ourselves and with others are important to be reflecting on those. So today's episode, I hope you enjoy. Um, if you have not yet made your own mask, you know, Ross and I are sharing our mask publicly. You can make your mask anonymously at millionmask.org. And we're going to ask everybody who's listening to this podcast to please share this with someone because we're really close to getting to our $100,000 first milestone. I mean, a million is a long way away, but we our first milestone will be 100,000 masks and we plan to be there in the next 30 to 60 days. So we invite you that if you've already made a mask, tell somebody about it. Maybe your mask today is different than when you first made a mask a year ago or two years ago when this podcast started during the pandemic. Wherever you are in your journey of mask making, we invite you to be a part of this movement with us. And we thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, You will be hearing from our youth hosts coming up pretty soon. So stay tuned for another episode with our youth hosts. And um, if you have somebody you think we should talk to, please reach out to us and share it with us. Um, If you think this episode will serve someone, please share it with them. Thank you again for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. And we'll see you soon, folks. Take care now. Bye-bye. Ross Lepola, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. It's so great to have you. Awesome. Thank you, Ashanti. I'm, I'm super excited to join you today and, and dive in and have some cool conversation. Man, well, it's already happening. We started before the show, the the pre-show to the show. Um, How about you introduce to the audience yourself? What do you want them to know about you as we jump into this conversation? Um, Yeah, I mean, my name's Ross Lepola. I live now just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I used to live up north in Minnesota and Alaska and then moved to Georgia in 2018. I am a competitive powerlifter and powerlifting coach. That's uh, the primary day job is coaching powerlifting. And then I also host a podcast and do some self-development work. I am an aspiring public speaker. I really want to get out there and, and share some of the experiences that I've had with people and try and leave an impact on them and empower them to to live life without such uh, self-limiting beliefs and things that can plague us from our our youth and our past and self-limiting doubts and uh things that we can overcome if we put a little effort into it yeah well thank you for speaking to that because that's definitely uh showing up in lots of spaces that i'm in definitely with young men and 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 that self-belief which is something that i've also struggled with too at times and so um, I'm excited to be in this conversation with you. You know, uh, the mask, as we talked about, um, you already have yours and I'm, I'm going to be doing mine right now live. Um, okay. you get to decide who goes first. So, um, I'm going to take a couple of seconds and, um, maybe, you know, as we, uh, maybe as I'm dropping this down, you can just tell tell us how you got into powerlifting. Um, and for those out there who have not made a mask, you can do yours anonymously at millionmasks.org. Um, Ross and I are going to share our masks here publicly, but you don't need to do that. You can actually create it anonymously and uh, be a part of this uh, this movement. So um, I'm going to draw my uh, maybe. Were you willing to share how you got into powerlifting or coaching powerlifting? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely do that. Um, I started lifting when I was 12. It okay. became a big savior in my life. Uh, prior to finding sports and lifting weights, I was actually a suicidal. And that gave me a place to exercise myself, exercise my anger, build some confidence and do that sort of thing. 
And it, it wasn't really until much later that I realized that I still had all those fears and doubts in me when I was 28. And then that's when I went through some therapy and found a different path forward in life, uh, learned how to build self-confidence in a different way and not just a physical way, but also in my mind. And so it's been really cool for me how because of that therapy and because of that lens, I've been able to look at powerlifting more now as like, what did this teach me yeah. for life? Right. And because of that perspective, now I'm gonna be like, oh, well, there's nothing comfortable about powerlifting. I have an ability to embrace the discomfort. I have an ability to brace the suck. Now I just have to also apply that outside of the gym. And because there's going to be moments of discomfort. So I have to be able to embrace those. And when I can embrace those moments of discomfort, uh, I lean into it. And on mm. the other side is a, a place of empowerment and a place of pride and fulfillment and meaning. Um, so like looking through that evolution has been really cool. And then coaching wise, I've always really enjoyed just spreading the knowledge of, of lifting and really enjoyed the the camaraderie of lifting weights. And yeah. so in 2000, in 2012, I started coaching by myself, uh, in the gym, just as I could people that wanted, wanted help. And then in 2018, I transitioned over to coaching full time hmm. and that's been, it's been great because it gives me a, gives me a vessel, gives me a way to connect with people and help them be a better version of themselves. Whereas nice. before I was a structural engineer and hey. <laughs> I just don't, there wasn't the, there wasn't the fulfillment from engineering that there is with coaching. So oh, having man. that impact with people is, is huge. Well, first of all, thank you um, for dropping in deep already. Like um, I had to stop drawing once you, once you started speaking, I was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't be drawing while he's saying these words." Um, thank you, and um, thank you for being here and sharing that story with us. And I'm excited about this mask piece. Um, I think, yeah, my heart is already opening, like right now, in this space of like, um, how many people out there who have not found the other way of tapping in their their energy to something and, and channeling it in a positive way, right? Like how many people have only got stuck in channeling it in ways that feel hopeless. Um, and so I think that's going to come up and, and okay. So now I think, okay. All right. We're already, we're already in, we're already in, we, we're, we're fully in. Um, yeah, man. You as a guest get to decide who goes first. Do you want um, to show your mask first? What do you want me to share mine first? Um, what would be, what feels right for you? Um, how about you go first and, and kind of show me, show me your way. Okay. Well, and then maybe if I want to make some adjustments to my mask along the way, I'll, I'll have that opportunity. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I am, I stopped while you were talking cause I, I really wanted to hear those words and, um, uh, thank you for that. I think, uh, I'm going to, um, Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm put it like this. Um, um. All right. Uh. So I will do the front first, and then um, and then you can show your front. I'll do it like that. Um. Okay. So this this drawing, I don't know what what I was. Uh, yeah. This is what this is what came. This is the image that came up. This is the mask, and um. And the words on the front of my mask are, I wrote, were serious, um, passion, passionate, and caring. Okay. And um, it was really interesting that the word caring was, I almost started with an S, and I was like, am I writing scaring? Like, what am I writing on the front? This is, a, <laughs> am I scared? Like, am I scared? Am I scared? Scaring? Like, uh, so I, I made the S into a C back to caring, but... um. I think like what what I'm really experiencing right now in this season is like like this energy that's like really like I can I can almost feel the turning of the tide of like what we've been building for the last several years like this million mask movement like 
uh, we had our launch event and then now trying to like take the momentum from that and move it into the next thing. Um, like I feel really intense sometimes. Like I feel like how do I manage this intensity of what I'm trying to do and knowing that there's a lot of steps in between where I am now and where I'm, where I've envisioned us being. I mean, we have a, a not only do we have a long way to go, we're at 65 plus thousand masks and we were going trying to go to a million. That's, there's a long gap between there. Um, sometimes I feel like we're not moving fast enough or that I don't know how to move fast enough, but like, I'm just kind of continuing to move forward. I'm continuing to talk to anyone who slows down enough to listen, right? Hey, have you heard about this, this mask movement? You know, um, I don't know that that's the way I'm gonna get to a million, but it's definitely the only way that I can think of in this moment, you know, but, um, and then put caring. I think caring is one that, (sighs) It's really present right now. There's some young people in my in my world in my in my work who are really struggling right now, and um, like I'm I'm really thinking of them a lot. Some of them are are hurting. Some of them are have been thinking about hurting themselves, and and we and we see it on the news all the time of young people hurting others and hurting themselves. And I think that oftentimes, anyway, I guess I'm almost yeah. This is the front. So like I show that I'm caring around this stuff, and sometimes I have to like temper that caring and passion and serious energy because that can be it can it can seem aggressive you know when i go and talk to principals and educators who are kind of in a, a state of like oh we'll do it later maybe next year and you're like you don't understand some of these kids don't have until next year like why are we waiting why why do we have to have a crisis happen before we talk about mental health and mental wellness with young people because adults are sometimes afraid of their own emotions that they project that on kids. And so I have to like dance around this, like stay positive, stay exciting, stay, stay lighthearted when we're talking about really tough topics, because oftentimes I'm, I, I experience some people who have the power who have, you know, we go into schools, we, we have to convince this person who to trust us, but also that, they're willing to do the work before something really bad happens. So anyway, that's the energy that's uh, <laughs> that I feel really hot and fired up inside me right now that uh, that I'm letting people see. Um, and then I will, I'll let you go to the front, and then we'll we'll hit the back. All right, yeah. So my front, I put uh, I put capable, reliable, and conscientious. Nice and. The I, I tried to depict my mood with like the the outward ray because I feel like with a lot of the stuff that I've done over the past couple of years, I'm becoming more capable, and the more capable I become, the the more capable I become. Like the more that I embrace change, the more that I try to do and be and create from a place of uh, consciousness, the more that becomes easy mm-hmm. and uh, I'm reliable. Um, the things that I talk about, the things that I try and promote are the things that I do, the things that uh, show up for the family every day. Uh, if, if somebody says, Hey, I need you to do something, I'm going to do it. Uh, well, I'm going to do it if I agree to it anyway. Right. <laughs> um, so in those ways, I'm really reliable and I'm conscientious in that, almost sometimes probably even to a default, pay attention to the details and see a lot of the little mm-hmm. things. And especially if they're in, especially if they're in the things that I'm really passionate about. Um, like when I do house projects, I really like to to remodel and create our space for us. I don't want, I like I have a, a goal that there's no furniture in my house when, when we're a couple years down the road that's not built by me. And so like being able to pay attention to those details and see the smaller things is really important to me. You, when you're, when you're building a piece of furniture, you know, an eighth of an inch makes a huge difference. You can't leave eighth inch gaps all over the place. So being able to really see the details and closing the gaps. So I think about stuff like that when I'm trying to create a new podcast episode or write a training program or create a new speech. Like 
where where do I need to tighten in those gaps and, and pay attention to those things? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that when we do that and we can pay attention to those details, we can improve the quality of the experience for not just ourselves but the other people involved. Um, I think about it too, like I'm trying to be better at remembering names. I've notoriously been bad at remembering people's names. If I go into a group of people and I meet, you know, five people, I automatically think, oh, I'm not going to remember anybody's names. Well, yep, because that's what you keep telling yourself. So I'm trying to make a more concerted effort to tap into that conscientiousness and paying attention to those details and and use that skill to to like be better at remembering names and just realizing how capable I am with those skills when I approach things intentionally. And it's any time that I, I come in to do something, if I'm not having the intention of really being focused and present and tapping into those skills that usually leads to a, you know, a depleted experience, a, a lower vibration, a lower energetic experience than what I know I'm capable of participating in. Wow. Thank you. You said a couple of things that just, that really stood out. I think, um, when you talk to the, about the eighth of an inch in terms of like furniture, in terms of like, um, uh, like in, in a speech, like what are the things I need to tighten up? Where are the little edges and how often do, do we take those things for granted? You know, like young men in my work, sometimes we're working on stuff and I'm like, you know, like, let's say we're waiting for people at the BART station or BART is our, you know, public transportation. And we're like, Oh man, you know, like, dude, we got to get to the, you know, to an event. Right. And you're like, Oh, I was only three minutes late. I was only four minutes late. I was only five minutes late. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not about the five minutes. It's about the five minutes causes us to miss this train. Then causes us to miss that bus. And then causes us to miss that ferry, which then puts us back eight hours because now there's no more ferries that go over to the place we're going. Right. And so I think sometimes helping people helping in my work with young people is like, yeah, but I understand that it was only five minutes. I get it. I've been late to things too. But when you when you when you don't take it serious, that that five minutes is not just five minutes. It's not just an eighth of an inch. It's the what's down the line that is easily overlooked. You know, like for sure. And so I think like a plane off a plane off by an eighth of an inch in direction could end up in you know, Australia, as opposed to ending up in you know, some other place, right? You're like, wait, what happened? You're eighth off, for, but you're an eighth off for a long period of time. And now you're in a whole place you didn't even plan to go, you know? So I think that, any uh, aeronautical engineers out there, please don't start sending me messages that my, my math is <laughs> off because I, I made it up. It was hypothetical. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know what I, I was like. I was like, what other country would, I hit, would you hit? I don't even know. I made it up. But it was more of a the analogy itself right so thank you for sharing that yeah for sure for sure i often uh i tend to do better with analogies like it just makes things more relatable so (laughs) i'm always like oh what analogy can i use here yeah well don't don't get me started don't get me started we'll be in an analogy uh uh competition for this uh, this time <laughs> the vortex of analogy <laughs> oh man well i think as a teacher you know i was a teacher right and i think and i was an engineer too so i thank you for sharing about being a engineer I, i'm so excited to talk more about that at some point uh even though i've not done engineering for many years i miss it sometimes i i walk into a building i look at the ceiling i'm like hmm i don't know if i want to have lunch here you know what i'm saying like uh knowing that it's it's standing but i don't know who put this together you know but um just in my own mind i'm like who how did they put this together right um in those opportunities like that so um thank you thank you for that yeah. that's the front so now we're gonna move to the back and um and i'll and i'll go first uh this one was interesting. Like um, a couple of things you said that kind of really started to make me think about what I wanted to, to share on here. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what I wrote in the back. So I wrote uh, sadness, self-doubt and fear of, and I put some lines and I could probably keep drawing lines of, if I list all the things that I'm really 
you know, I find myself right. um, fearing these days. I think when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I, I didn't fear much. I, I, I was act, I was operating pretty fearless. Maybe sometimes you could say reckless, but it was out of this idea. I'm not worried about nothing. And now as I get older, I'm like, hmm, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I have I, so many things are kind of make me worry. Definitely in a city and the some some of the community and some of the world we live in, I think. But the biggest fear that I'm standing out right now to me is just I'm I'm, I'm afraid of so many of our young men out who are don't have anyone to talk to, who are operating out of a a sense of loneliness and a sense of isolation that I keep seeing over and over again this hurt people hurting people and and i don't know what as a society we need to do to kind of recognize that we need to support our men and boys not we need to say everybody but i'm talking about what i'm seeing over and over again is that young men and boys and men are it's spilling out in such rageful ways against others and it's it's, it's 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 devastating people devastating our communities and so i feel that fear of like how do i in this work that i'm really passionate about take this work and move it out into a larger arenas and audiences and in a way that is not like you have to listen to me but here's the things i i'm seeing here's the observations i'm making like you talked about like i'm, I'm seeing these things i'm noticing these ob- these things that are happening and i want to help make it better for people who want to make it better, you know? So that's the biggest fear that I carry right now is just seeing some of our young people, definitely in my community here, but all over the country, young people, young men struggling and being silent until it's too late. And then they're behind bars or locked up and, or they're, or they're no longer with us. And, and everyone says, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. And you're like, and I'm always I believe that. And also every time we go to a school and ask young people to make masks, 99%, 98% will make a mask. They're anonymous. They'll, they'll write something on the car. They'll tell you what they're not talking about. And I'm like, why are people, why are we not asking more questions? And I think that's something that I'm, that's coming up as a really present fear today. So I'll stop there, but that's a, that's the back of my mask. Yeah, man. I, I can relate to that. You know, when you're talking about young men not having a place to to go and people to talk to, like that was definitely like that was me. Um, and I had people in my life that I probably could have talked to, but I didn't know how. Yeah. And even even if people do have somebody around, it's difficult because it's not from such an early age. I can think about how like I was conditioned to, to shut it down. And that's why I say like, I didn't know how to talk to those people because, you know, oh, boys don't cry, you know, toughen up all, all that kind of stuff right from the get go, right from day one, like that kind of shit just sets a person up to, to being closed off and then they bottle it up and it becomes a pressure cooker. And at some point, every pressure cooker has to have a release and you know, hopefully, hopefully it can release in a way that isn't a full on explosion. Yeah. Ooh, we have you ever used a pressure cooker? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I love, I, I've I love never that. accidentally blown up a pressure cooker is, is what I should probably say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I that that's a good one. I mean, I was, when you talk about pressure cookers, I'm like, oh yeah, that's so real. I mean, I I, I love the analogy. I was I was telling you, I like love the analogy. That's it creates a visual for for real. That pressure got to go somewhere, and yep. when 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 the pressure is in our bodies, like got to get out some way, right? I mean, you found powerlifting, right? But how many young people are walk, sitting on their computers? And they're just yelling at a screen or or if that, right? But it's waiting, it's waiting, it's waiting, it's bottling up. Yep. And so Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I talk about with people I work with is suppression. Suppression is depression. Mm. And you have to find a healthy way to express express it. Like I know 
for me, like whatever that is, that's rolling around the back of my head. Yeah. I got to get it out of my mouth. And the second I get it out of my mouth, yeah. now, now I can really deal with it. I'm like, oh shit, I just said that out loud. It's real. Okay. Mm. Now I know it's real. Let's deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah. otherwise it's just, it's just a torment in the back of my head. Um, and I found journaling to be really helpful with that too. If I don't have an actual, another human being to talk to and, and have that with, I can go to my journal and I can just talk about it with myself and then it's also safe and I can be, you know, completely vulnerable with myself and make it real so that I can deal with it. Beautiful. Well, I'm, I'll let you share the back and then I'm, I'm going to ask you about your journal. I'm, at least I'm, I'm, I love journaling. And so I'm always asking people about their journaling. Yeah. What kind of journal you use? So would you, would you share the back of your mask and then we'll maybe we'll go there? Yes. Um, so I put down, I put down three things. I put down personally in parentheses, taking things personally mm. and, uh, destruction and narcissistic internal reactions. And so the taking things personally, I know intellectually that everybody's expression is an expression of themselves. Your expression is an expression of you, not me. What you say is an, is says stuff about you, not me, so on and so forth. But I still get from time to time stuck in that pattern of taking things personally. Yeah. And I don't like to show that. I don't like it because I know that it's, it's wrong. And that's just an expression of an old wound of mine that yeah. I still haven't like loved enough yet. Um, destruction, uh, in those moments when I'm really angry about, you know, something that comes up, whatever it may be. Sometimes I just really want to just break shit. <laughs> like mm. I just want to break it, yeah. you know? And it's usually, it's inanimate objects. Like if I'm working and I'm frustrated at my computer, sometimes I just want to office space it and just smash it, just smash it. But I know I don't want to spend, you know, $1,500 on another computer. So I probably better not smash it. Oh, That comes up too, especially on, on projects when I'm working and building stuff and it, yeah. it goes wrong and it, it like plumbing is the worst. Oh God. It, oh, there's always problems that always breaks. You think you got the right parts and you get back from the store and then you don't. Oh. And so then I just want to like rip the toilet off the floor or something. Just destroy it. Get it out of here. <laughs> oh man. I, mm, I resonate. I resonate. Yeah. And then the, the narcissistic internal reactions. So obviously like the term narcissism comes with a, pretty quite a negative connotation so like saying that out loud and admitting that can be can be scary yeah. and at the same time I definitely still have some of those internal reactions so I don't like to share that I don't like to show it especially because it's also not anybody else's responsibility it's mine yeah and and I personally believe in radical personal responsibility and have mm. benefited from it greatly like the more I own of my life to the fullest, most radical possible, possible extent, mm. the more I find I am able to create what I really want and what I really desire. Nice. So I know that this internal reaction is mine and what it is a lot. It, when, when I have that reaction, that's really just like my, my inner hurt child wanting somebody else to to love it mm. and in that in that moment in my head i'll have the thoughts of like oh I, you know i want you to fix it i want a shawnee to make me feel better i don't want to do it myself but again i know that that's not your responsibility if yeah. you're the person that's upset me for whatever reason um i know that that's my that inert that inner child that is hurt and i know yeah. I've gotten to a point where I know like how to like work past that, but I'll still have some of those reactions and some of those responses and thoughts and feelings from time to time. Yeah. 
Thank you for that. I, 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 I want to speak to that part you just said, if you're willing. You talk about the inner hurt child. Um, can you describe? Are you? Do you have any? Uh, are, we, are you willing to describe him a little bit? Like what? Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, a lot of it is just like thinking about. Uh, Back to like when I was a kid, say for example, we're at the store and I ask my mom to get a new toy and my mom says no. And I really want this new toy. It's I'm really excited about it. It looks really fucking cool. So I would like, I want that toy. Uh, And she says no. So I throw a fit at the store and then my, I get reprimanded for my behavior. And as a kid, when that happens, you have no idea what's really going on. All you know is that your behavior is being reprimanded. You're in trouble. You're a bad kid, blah, 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 all this stuff. Yeah. Years later, as an adult, the thing that I can connect with and understand is that what I was really experiencing and where the pain and hurt and the bad behavior, the uh, negative attention-seeking behavior comes from was the message behind it, what was really happening. And I would get a no to the toy, but mom would have money for the cigarettes or dad would have money for his beer. So here I am being second best or second place to my parents' habits. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about feeling not worthy and insignificant and paired with the behavior getting controlled, now nobody's connecting with my hurt or feelings in that moment. It's just, I'm a bad kid. I got to go sit in the car. Yeah. And so like moments like that, where I didn't get the love that I needed as a kid, like that hurt is there. And so now some of the things that I do like for myself in this journey of, of healing and trying to, uh, love those demons into submission is I'll meditate where I'll connect with an event like that, that I, I a memory in my past Mm. and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that day, that, that hurt, man. Yeah. And I'll go meditate on it. And what I'll do is I'll meditate and visualize adult Ross coming into coming up to child Ross in that moment, in that environment and adult Ross giving child Ross the love that he needed in that moment and the connection that he needed in that moment. And man, sometimes I, that hits me and I have a really emotional experience with it. Other times I just feel like I let go of some weight that I carried with me. Uh, either way, it's definitely been really beneficial to learn to kind of connect with some of those moments. And one of the reasons why it can be a couple mm. of reasons why that can be powerful is our like that hurt and that experience is in your your subconscious or your unconscious mind it's not yeah. something you're aware of and we hold on to that because our unconscious mind doesn't have the concepts of time like our conscious mind does it's a construct it's not going to it doesn't recognize time so mm-hmm. that event that occurred 30 years ago can feel like it was still today yeah yeah oh, and so man. then when I recreate that experience for myself, like it is today, yeah, um, I find that really beneficial to to calm and soothe those narcissistic reactions into into a a, a place of love, and mm. it it's cool. Anybody listening, give it a try. <laughs> I yeah, it's a big tool for me. I think it's like really powerful, and I think. You know, it's what I heard Joe Ehrman talk about in his work when he talked about this. Idea. He's a former NFL player, right? He he was like, I, w- I really just wanted my father to love me, to see, you know, inside the roar of the crowd, I can put portray this masculine man. But deep down, I just wanted my father to see and then be worthy, right? And I think that that when I heard him say that, I, it, it resonated with what you just said there. And this idea of loving i think you said i think you said loving that hurt into submission i mean i think that's how i heard you say it is that how you said it because it was really beautiful yeah i mean that's the only way that idea of like going to that little boy who wanted to be seen and heard and just knowing that that seems unfair and yeah life isn't fair but 
why isn't it right like why 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 am i watching this disconnect between what what's important to me what's important to you and my my importance doesn't matter but yours does like all those ways that having those conversations with with that inner child and i think that's i think so many people i think they they i think they could benefit from what you just said and i think that experience of like what did he need to hear what did he need to hear what did he what do you want somebody to say? What, what what did you want to hear from those words, from those mentors, parents, grandparents, adult figures, teachers that would have served you in that moment, right? Because yeah. to be like, get over it is great, but to be like, well, why do I still feel it? Like, I'm, I really wish I could get over it. I, I don't really want to be carrying this old memory around, but it's in there. <laughs> it's... I mean, the pain never got dealt with. I heard somebody, and I'm not sure where I read it, but if you don't deal with it, the pain will wait. It'll, it'll wait around. Yep. It's just like, okay, well, you don't have time to deal with it, or somebody told you to suck it up and man up, and so you just pushed it away, but you never solved it. You never resolved it. You just tried to ignore it, and some of the things exactly. you can ignore forever. And I think we hear on, you know, a lot of stories I hear about men who talk to their fathers or people talk to their fathers on their deathbed, and their fathers are like, I'm sorry about that one time. Like, they even have memories of things they had done or had not done that they are carrying, but they've been told. And sadly, it doesn't come out sometime until they know that they're, you know, toward the end. And right. like, man, what if we could have had so many more days of just more caring and love as opposed to pretending that it didn't happen, you know? I think I those are you. important. I agree. Absolutely. Man. Wow. 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 Wow, man. That, um, I, I was thinking about like story, a story when you think about that, like what are the stories that, that I am, that I carry? I asked you about your little boy and I'm, I'm going to, tonight in my journal, I'm going to do some writing about that. Like what is, I have lots of stories of just things that I remember that I think back to. And I guess maybe this is the idea of my, my now my journal is like a moleskin. It's like a you know a really simple moleskin notebook. You know, just a floppy. You know, um, right? You know, I could I could fold it, whatever. But do um, I really like I really like journals. Is there a type of journal that you use, that, or you just or you just have a note? What do you use for journaling? Like, what is your style of like? Do you just write free th- free flowing thoughts? Do you use prompts? Is there yeah, w- when I first started, it was a, a gratitude journal, a daily gratitude journal. And I use that to help as well cultivate my gratitude practice. And yeah. so that was good. But then I realized at, at some point, I'm like, man, I need, I need more than this. Yeah. Like I need, I need to, I need to allow just free flow. Yeah. And I started doing that. And wow, that just like really opened the door for me. I, the way I, the way I articulate it is I'm a thinker. I, I'm, I very much fit into that kind of standard mold of the overthinker and (laughs) I can't write as fast as I can think. So the journal slows me down. Yeah. And when I can slow it down, then I can organize it. Then I can have a better understanding. And then a lot of times that's when I can ask myself different questions. Mm. Um, it, I can ask myself the questions from a place of empowerment rather than a place of a victimhood mindset Ooh-wee. and getting away from the, like the, the victimhood part, you know, where if it's, if my brain's rattling and I'm going, you know, having that, that woe is me reaction, that, uh, that narcissistic reaction, that taking things personal reaction and I'm wanting somebody else to make it better when I journal and I start slowing things down, then I can start asking myself, how am I participating in this right now? Mm. How much of my own suffering am I participating in right now? Where am I denying my responsibility in this event? And when I bring it back to me, that's, that's the place where I can find the accent, find the answer, find the action item, find the next step, whatever it is that I need to do to show up and create a better experience for, for myself and whoever else might be involved. But if I don't go in that place, if I don't journal, I'll, I'll stay in that, 
vortex in that spiral. Mm. So That's the huge. journal is a, a big place for me to go freestyle and, and write it out and find find me, yeah. find where what I need to be doing rather than what somebody else needs to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I I have I have a, I have a prompt for it today for myself. Thank you for that. Thank you for that tip. I'm gonna for sure. I'm gonna. I actually I've been needing to like open up a new journal and like because right now my my journal ends up becoming like half work on the backside and then half other stuff on the other side and I kind of write, write from both ends and then I'll end up staying on the work side more than I stay on the and I'm like okay I've been like in my mind I'm like okay I need to have a place like to like just do the the rush of yeah. thoughts and ideas out so thank you one, thank you for that one of the things I did that I really that helped me is I bought like a, a super nice fancy leather bound mm. cover and by making it really nice and putting that investment to it it like made it more sacred for me it made it more sacred space and made it more valuable, it made it more something like, okay, like here I invested in this and bought this really nice cover. Like this is something I really want to like be intentional with dive into use on a regular basis. Uh, and that helped as well. That's a good one. I, I treated it with more, with more value yeah. at the end of the day. All righty. All righty. You just <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, man. thank you for that for sure. You know, I I'm really excited about these conversations because I think one of the things that I want us to create with these conversations is that that men that we are human, we feel we have the ability to talk about those feelings that we feel, and it doesn't always look the same, right? And I think that oftentimes people who are afraid of that opportunity for men to feel or thinking like you have to be in a, some kind of temple with <laughs> with flower, with whatever the ambiance they put in their minds or what it means to like have a heartfelt conversation with somebody. It can happen anywhere if we're just willing to listen enough and and be present enough and and, and share at the level that we are comfortable. So thank you for being a part of this conversation. Uh, I, I think that what our hope is that through these conversations that more men will hear about it and more men will see and more people will recognize that they're not alone, that, that we have more in us than people could ever see by looking at us on the outside. And that I think we just need a world that begins to, see more than what our eyes can capture. I think we've let our eyes fool us so long, right? And so how about we yeah. be and let our ears and our heart connect to the to the picture also. Yeah. And I think sometimes that that we don't let that happen in our society. So thank you for being a part of this conversation and you know, will you is there anything last thing you want to say before we 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 wrap it up? Um I definitely appreciate you creating the space for these conversations. Uh I find them incredibly valuable for myself, uh, to have them with other people, to be a part of them in any way that I can. Uh, so I definitely, appreciate you being another, another person in the world, creating these kind of conversations for people. And they're just, they're, they're, they're overdue. Man. They're overdue. Like I had to, I forgot where, where I saw it. Uh, but basically there was, there was a thing like, uh, how, you know, Hey, gentlemen, look at all the work that the women have been doing to cultivate their divine goddess. Like, why are you not doing the same thing? Turn, mm. turn the sports off, stop drowning yourself in sports and do some work. That doesn't mean you have to give up sports. That doesn't yeah. mean you have to stop watching sports, yeah. but don't numb yourself out. And I, that's what I see a lot of times. And I, I mean, I was one of them, man. I definitely numbed out with all <laughs> kinds of different sports and things and, I I think once you start to to wake up with that, you. I mean, I suppose you can go back to sleep, but <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. 
Man, neither do I. I will you let folks know how those folks who want to reach out to you, those who want to learn more about your coaching or about your podcast, will you tell us the best place for people to follow you? Tell us, you know, any information that you want, and we'll add them in the show notes. But if you could let us know how people can um find, connect with you. Um, yeah, people can find me. I'm on social media, Instagram, Ross.lepola. Um, my podcast project Unchained is on Instagram. It's also on available on all the platforms, Spotify, uh, podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those different platforms. Uh you can find me on Facebook, Ross Lepola, and uh email too, if you need to, the AKLeprechaun at gmail.com. Uh, nice. Yeah. We will put all of those links in the show notes, folks, for you and uh, Ross. Man, I, I, this is for folks to just to give you context of where we are in this in the stratosphere of Earth and world and dates. Uh, they were right before Thanksgiving week, so I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, and if we don't check in soon, definitely a happy holiday season. Um, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, thanks for sharing from the heart, and thanks for sharing some personal stories that. I think that so many people, uh, you know, wouldn't know by looking at us on the outside that we've been through tough stuff too, right? And so thank you for that. And um, I look forward to connecting again with you soon. Yes, thank you, Ashanti. I appreciate you. Right on, folks. Well, folks, you know, Ross and I shared our mask here publicly. You don't need to do that. You can go to millionmasks.org, share your mask, and we hope that you will tell somebody about this conversation. Maybe something in here inspired you. Um, Ross's information is in the show notes there below. Uh, Please stay connected and keep listening to your heart. Take care, folks. Peace. The Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Graphics are by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Choque Allen Alvarez. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we cross the 100th episode milestone and begin the work to the next 100. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review, and share as we look forward to continuing to have conversations that matter. Stay tuned for the relaunch of the Million Mask Movement on 11-11-22. That's November 11th of 2022. There's a math problem in there. You can find out more by visiting everforwardclub.org and following us on social media. Take care. We'll see you soon.